Exemplar 25C, Cerebral Palsy. Overview. Cerebral palsy is a group of chronic conditions affecting body movement, coordination, and posture that results from a non-progressive abnormality of the immature brain. CP often is the result of some type of insult to the developing brain of the fetus, neonate or infant that occurs in the later stages of pregnancy during birth or within the first two years after birth. The impact of the disease can range from mild to to profound mobility issues. See figure 2512. CP may may not include intellectual disability. Cerebral palsy occurs in an estimated 1 per 323 births. Four types of motor dysfunction are seen with CP, spastic, dyskinetic, ataxic, and mixed, and are related to the location of brain insult. Spastic CP, the most common type, affects approximately 80% of those diagnosed with CP. Pathophysiology and Etiology Pathophysiology Cerebral palsy involves abnormal development or damage to the immature brain that affects motor function and muscles. There are two main categories, congenital and acquired. Congenital CP occurs during fetal development, birth, and the neonatal period. Acquired CP happens after the first 28 days of life. The specific insult leading to CP CP may not be identifiable if it occurs during the prenatal period. After delivery, the cause of damage, for example encephalitis, is more likely to be identified. CP may result in decrease in muscle tone, muscle stretch reflexes, postural reactions, and primitive reflexes. It may also result in seizures, mental retardation, and or hearing problems. The outcome depends on the area of the brain affected, the severity of the event, the duration of the insult, and the child's age at the time of the event. Pathogenesis of CP is multifactorial and depends on the cause of the insult to the brain. Brain damage associated with cerebral palsy occurs in the motor areas of the brain, impairing the body's ability to control movement and adjust posture appropriately. CP is neither contagious nor inherited, and it is not progressive. It cannot be cured, but the associated symptoms can be managed. CP is often identified when children fail to meet expected developmental milestones, and diagnostic testing is ordered to pinpoint the reason for the delay. Symptoms and manifestations vary from person to person depending on the exact neurologic impact of the event. Etiology. Approximately 85 to 90% of children with CP are diagnosed with congenital CP. At one time, hypoxia was considered the primary culprit for congenital CP. However, 
Research now indicates that it's only responsible for a small number of cases. Instead, pathogens, toxins, trauma, and genetic mutations that affect the development of the brain are now suspected causes of CP. The pathology of the brain injury depends on the etiology. For instance, pathogens that directly attack the brain, such as Streptococcus pneumoniae or pneumococcus, which is responsible for the majority of meningitis in infants, causes cellular damage throughout, through the consumption of the brain's tissue and production of the byproduct lactic acid. Trauma stretches and shears neural pathways in brain tissue. Neurotoxins such as bilirubin accumulate in the bloodstream and eventually injure the nerve cells in the brain. And the role of DNA in the development of CP is coming to greater light with the advancement of genetics. Genetic mutations have been found in individuals with CP in recent studies. In addition, Males who are considered vulnerable to genetic mutations because of the XY chromosome configuration are more likely to have CP than females. Risk factors. Risk factors for cerebral palsy include events and exposures that may cause damage to the developing brain. Risk factors do not necessarily mean, however, that the infant has or will, ha will develop cerebral palsy. For, for instance, children conceived via assisted reproductive technology, or ART, have a greater incidence of cerebral palsy. However, many conceived via ART do not develop CP. Risk factors associated with congenital CP occurring in utero include infections such as pelvic inflammatory disease, PID, rubella, chickenpox, CMV, and bacterial infections. Fevers in the mother prior to birth also may contribute to the development of CP. Cytokines which are produced with fevers and certain infections are thought to cause damage to neurons in the developing fetus's brain. Blood type incompatibility between the fetus and mother may cause CP. If the mother is exposed to toxins such as mercury, there's a greater chance of CP. Likewise, if the mother has, a con has such conditions as seizures, thyroid disease, or proteinuria, there is a slightly greater chance of CP. Birth and the health of the neonate are significant factors that contribute to the risk of developing CP. Risk factors associated with delivery include breech delivery, tightened nuchal cords, shoulder dystocia, uterine rupture, placenta previa, and fetal stress and hypoxia. Approximately 35% of CP cases occur in individuals with a history of preterm birth. Studies have found the earlier in gestational age the infant is born, the greater the likelihood the infant will have CP. Multiple fetuses are also at risk, partially due to the greater chance of preterm birth. Low birth weight, also associated with preterm birth and or multiples, is also considered a risk factor. Neonates delivered with low APGAR scores have a greater risk of CP as well. During the neonatal period, infants who have severe jaundice are at risk for developing CP due to hyperbilirubinemia. Bilirubinemia, I don't know why I'm having trouble with that one, 
As mentioned previously, bilirubin is considered a neurotoxin and can damage the fragile neonatal brain on the cellular level. Because the neonatal immune system is immature, the infant is particularly susceptible to meningitis and encephalitis, two conditions also associated with CP. Brain trauma is also a risk factor for CP. Neonates may experience trauma during birth from precipitous delivery, prolonged delivery, and other causes. After delivery, infants may experience trauma from shaken baby syndrome, being dropped, or improper placement in a car seat, as well as other means. The damage from these traumas puts the infant at risk for CP. Prevention. The greatest risk for CP is preterm labor. Nurses should educate mothers-to-be on the prevention of preterm labor, including encouraging good prenatal care and visits with a provider. Nurses should also educate the pregnant patient on the signs and symptoms of preterm labor. Mothers with multiples, in particular, should have a close relationship with their providers to monitor the pregnancy. If the mother is placed on bed rest, the nurse should also encourage the mother to comply with treatment in order to deliver a healthy baby. Because maternal infection is associated with the development of CP, infection prevention, including maintaining good hand hygiene, is primary goal. Keeping current with vaccinations is also a means by which a pregnant patient can reduce the risk for having a baby born with CP. After birth, patients should avoid exposure of their infant to the potential of infection, including using good hand hygiene when caring for the infant. Vaccinations are essential in preventing certain infections that may cause CP, including the Haemophilus influenza vaccination that helps prevent the most common form of bacterial meningitis. Injury prevention, including properly securing infants during motor vehicle travel and taking measures to prevent falls, serves to protect the child from brain trauma. Nurses should also educate parents on stress reduction and prevention of shaken baby syndrome. manifestations. Cerebral palsy is characterized by abnormal muscle tone and lack of coordination, with spasticity found in the majority of cases. Children have a variety of symptoms depending on their age. See Table 2516 for symptoms by type of central nervous system injury. Symptoms vary depending on the area of the brain involved and the, to- and the degree of insult. Children with CP usually are delayed in meeting developmental milestones. For example, at six months of age, they may have persistent back aching, show little spontaneous movement, and be unable to sit up. They frequently have other problems, including visual defects such as strabismus, um, abnormal alignment of the eyes or crossed eyes, nystagmus, which is involuntary rapid eye movement, or refractory errors, hearing loss, language delay, speech impediment, or seizures. Feeding may be difficult because of oral motor involvement. Intellectual impairment is seen in 30 to 50% of persons with CP. Intellectual challenges are more commonly seen in those with spastic quadriplegia, 
those with CP and a seizure disorder are most likely to have intellectual disabilities. Okay, we're looking at a chart and it's clinical manifestations and therapies, cerebral palsy. We have three columns, etiology, clinical manifestations, and clinical therapies. The first etiology is spastic, and the clinical manifestations are persistent hypertonia and rigidity. The clinical therapies are physical therapy, muscle relaxants, and braces, splints, and orthotics. The next etiology under spastic um, as a major header is cerebral cortex or pyramidal tract injury. And the clinical manifestation is exaggerated deep tendon reflexes. And the clinical therapies for this is, in addition to therapies used for spastic CP, surgery may be required to loosen contractures or to repair curvature of the spine. Um, And then again, still under spastic, We also have um, an etiology most common form of CP comprising 80% of cases. And the clinical manifestation is persistent primitive reflexes and leads to contractures and abnormal curvature of the spine. Okay, the next etiology is dyskinetic. And the clinical manifestation is impairment of of voluntary muscle control accompanied by appearance of involuntary movements, such as tics and chorea. Um, Extra, under the dyskinetic, um, the etiology is extrapyramidal basal ganglia injury. And the clinical manifestations are bizarre twisting movements, tremors, difficulty with fine and purposeful motor movements, exaggerated posturing, rigid muscle tone when awake and normal or decreased muscle tone when asleep, inconsistent muscle tone that may change hour to hour or day to day. The next etiology, still under dyskinetic, um, but it is ataxic cerebellar, or extrapyramidal injury. The clinical manifestation is abnormalities of voluntary movement involving balance and position of the trunk and limbs, difficulty controlling hand and arm movements when reaching, increased or decreased muscle tone, hypotonia in infancy, and muscle instability and wide-based unsteady gait. Clinical therapies are canes, crutches, walkers, and other orthotics may be needed to promote mobility. And then the last major ideology is mixed injuries to multiple areas. And the clinical manifestations are no dominant motor pattern, unique compensatory movements and posture to maintain control over specific neuromotor deficits, and combination of characteristics from other types. Table 2516, clinical characteristics of cerebral palsy. So there's two columns, there's clinical characteristics and the definitions. So the first one is hypotonia, and the definition is floppiness, increased range of motion of joints, diminished reflex response, 
clinical characteristic is hypertonia, rigidity, and spasticity, tense, tight muscles, uncoordinated, awkward, stiff movements, scissoring or crossing of the legs, exaggerated reflex reactions. Then we have the characteristic athetosis, and that is constant involuntary writhing motions that are more severe distally. Then we have ataxia, which is defined as poor muscle control during voluntary movement and poor balance. Then we have hemiplegia, which is involvement of one side of the body with the upper extremities being more dysfunctional than the lower extremities. Then we have diplegia, and that's involvement of all extremities, but the lower extremities are more affected than the upper, usually spastic. Then we have quadriplegia, which is involvement of all extremities with the arms in flexion and legs in extension. Collaboration. Care of the patient with CP requires an interprofessional team of nurses, physical therapists, occupational therapists, physicians, speech therapists, dietitians, and social workers or case managers. Cerebral palsy is a lifelong condition that requires special consideration, particularly in the growing child who quickly outgrows assistive devices and must meet changing developmental needs. Diagnostic tests. Diagnosis is usually based on clinical findings. CP is difficult to diagnose in the early months of life because it, it, it must be distinguished from other neurologic conditions and signs and may be subtle. Cerebral palsy is usually suspected between age 18 months to two years and later confirmed around the age of five. However, earlier diagnosis is recommended, particularly in those children with high risk factors. Suspicious findings include an infant who is small for his age or has a history of prematurity, low birth weight, low APGAR score, such as zero to three at five minutes, or the occurrence of an inflammatory traumatic or anoxic event. However, the majority of children who develop CP have normal APGAR scores at birth. Ultrasonography can be used to detect fetal and neonatal abnormalities of the brain, such as intraventricular hemorrhage, or neuromotor tests are used to evaluate the presence of normal movement patterns and absence of primitive reflexes and abnormal tone. Once CP is suspected, CT scans, MRI, and positron emission tomography may be performed. Surgery. Surgical interventions may be required to improve function by balancing muscle power and stabilizing uncontrollable joints. The Achilles tendon may be lengthened to increase range of motion in the ankle, which allows the heel to touch the floor and thus improves ambulation. The hamstrings may be released to correct knee flexion contractures. Other procedures may be performed to improve hip adduction or correct the foot's natural position. 
Selective dorsal rhizotomy, or SDR, is a surgical procedure that disconnects afferent, afferent, gosh, afferent nerves in order to reduce spasticity. This is most commonly done in the spastic diplegia subtype of CP. Although this surgery helps reduce spastic muscles and has been shown to increase functionality, it can have troubling after effects, including muscle weakness. Pharmacologic therapy. Medications are given to control seizures, to control spasms, such as skeletal muscle relaxants, baclofen, and benzodiazepines, and to minimize gastrointestinal side effects, such as cimetidine or ranitidine. Baclofen is administered by intrathecal pump to decrease muscle tone and vasospasms when oral administration is ineffective or causes side effects. Botulinum toxin, or BTA, injections have been used in to decrease and that's a weird phrasing have been used to decrease spasticity and are considered standard practice bta helps relax the contracted muscle used in conjunction with a stretching program those who undergo this treatment report good results several studies have also shown the effectiveness of this therapy including the benefits of multiple injections Non-pharmacologic therapy. Clinical therapy focuses on helping the child develop to a maximum level of independence. Early intervention services are key and may include a combination of physical, occupational, and speech therapy, as well as special education to improve motor function and ability. Braces and splints, serial casting, and positioning devices, such as prone wedges, standers, and side liars, are used to promote range of motion, skeletal alignment, stability, and control of involuntary movements. They are also used to prevent contractures. Physical therapy and occupational therapy promote optimal independent functioning. Interventions vary depending on the child's needs. Lifespan considerations. Many children with CP grow up to be independent, functioning adults with careers, families, and social support systems. See figure 2513. Having CP does take a toll on the adult's body. Many adults with CP have chronic pain due to their contractions of their muscles, arthritis due to the wear and tear on the joints, and persistent fatigue due to the extended energy needed to work against the contracted muscles. Because CP puts the body in a continual stress state, many adults experience premature aging. The majority of those with CP will have signs of premature aging, including atherosclerosis, osteoarthritis, and hypertension by their early 40s. As individuals with CP age, they are more prone to both urinary and bowel incontinence, which can hamper their quality of life. With all these factors affecting the patient with CP, depression is not uncommon. 
Comorbidities, such as seizures and respiratory disorders, often shorten the life of the person with CP. Nursing process. Nursing care focuses on early intervention, prevention of complications, and support of children and families to help them cope with the diagnosis of CP. Assessment. Be alert for children whose histories indicate an increased risk for CP. It's not uncommon for children who are delayed in meeting developmental milestones or have neuromuscular abnormalities at age, year, at age one to show gradual improvement in function. Studies have shown that assessment of general movements has a high predictive validity of CP among infants less than a year old. Assess all children at each healthcare visit for developmental delays. Note any orthopedic, visual, auditory, or intellectual deficits. Assess for newborn reflexes, which may persist beyond the normal age in a child with CP. Identify infants who appear to have abnormal muscle tone or abnormal posture, such as a child has an arch backed or child becomes stiff when moving against gravity or a child's neck or extremities have increased or decreased resistance to passive movement. A child with asymmetric or abnormal crawling using two or three extremities indicates a motor problem. Hand dominance before the preschool years is another sign of a motor problem. Record dietary intake as well as height and weight percentiles for children suspected to have or to be diagnosed with the condition. Evaluate all infants who show symptoms of a developmental delays, feeding difficulties caused by poor sucking or abnormalities of muscle tone. Two simple screening assessments are helpful. Place a clean diaper on the 6 to 12 month old infant's face. The infant without special needs will use two hands to remove it, but the infant with CP will use one hand or will not remove the cloth at all. And then the other one is to turn the infant's head to one side. A persistent asymmetric tonic neck reflex beyond the six months of age indicates pathologic condition. Suspect CP in any infant who has persistent primitive reflexes. Diagnosis. Nursing diagnoses appropriate for inclusion in the care of the child with CP vary depending on the type of CP, the particular child's symptoms and age, and the family situation. Examples of nursing diagnoses relevant to caring for the patient with CP may include the following. Injury, risk for. Mobility, impaired. Constipation, risk for. Tissue integrity, impaired. Verbal communication, impaired. Pain, chronic. Development, delayed. Or caregiver, role strain. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight diagnoses. Planning. 
Because the condition can range from mild to severe and may involve numerous manifestations, care planning must be highly individualized on the basis of the specific needs of each individual. It may include the following goals. The patient will remain free from injury. The patient will demonstrate appropriate growth and development. The patient will maintain an appropriate diet to meet nutritional needs. And the patient and the family will monitor bony prominences to avoid altered skin integrity. Implementation. Interventions need to be adapted to the particular child and family. Nursing care focuses on providing adequate nutrition, maintaining skin integrity, promoting physical mobility, promoting safety, promoting growth and development, teaching parents how to care for the child, and providing emotional support. Prevent injury. Patients with CP have varying degrees of mobility. The nurse should ensure that the patient receives the degree of assistance required for safe ambulation and that orthotic and assistive devices are properly used. Maintaining a safe environment includes eliminating all potential obstacles from walkways and providing adequate lighting. Assess caregivers and family members for awareness of safety precautions and provide teaching as needed. Safety belts should be used for children in strollers and wheelchairs. An adaptive car safety seat may be needed to transport the child safely. A child with chronic seizures should wear a helmet to provide protect against further injury. Promote community-based services. Children with CP need continuous support in the community. A case manager such as the parent or nurse is often needed to coordinate care. Parents may need financial assistance to provide for the child's needs and to obtain appliances such as braces, wheelchairs, or adaptive utensils. As they grow, children need new adaptive devices, ongoing developmental assessment and care planning, and sometimes surgery. Although the brain lesion does not change, it manifests differently as the child grows. For example, once the child begins to walk, the extensor tone may cause tightening of the Achilles cord. Braces may decrease deformities, but surgery may be needed eventually. The nurse or healthcare provider is often the one to make referrals to early intervention programs to assist parents in meeting their child's needs. In addition, the nurse makes referrals as appropriate to support groups and organizations such as the United Cerebral Palsy Association and Shriners Hospitals. An individualized transition plan developed during adolescence assists the family and adolescent with CP to develop plans for adult living. Vocational training options can be explored. The young adult, 18 to 21 years, may be able to move into a group home or live independently if desired. Provide adequate nutrition. Children with CP require high calorie diets or supplements to the diet because of energy expenditure needed for movement and muscle contraction. Problems with swallowing, sucking, chewing, and movements in the mouth or jaw also cause nutritional challenges. Give the child soft foods in small amounts. Utensils with large padded handles may be easier for the child to use. Oral hygiene can sometimes be an issue. Dental caries and gum disease are common in patients with CP because of difficulties with oral hygiene. 
This can also add to nutritional deficits if pain occurs with eating. Maintain skin integrity. Take special care to protect the bony prominences from skin breakdown. Monitor the skin under splints and braces for redness. If the skin is red, the braces or splints should be removed and not replaced until the redness is gone. Proper body alignment should be maintained at all times. Support the child with pillows, towels, and bolsters, whether the child is in bed or in a chair. Support the head and body of a floppy infant. A child with spasticity may have scissored extended legs and a child with athetoid movements may be difficult to carry and transport. Promote physical mobility. Range of motion exercises are essential to maintain joint flexibility and to prevent contractures. Consult with the child's physical therapist and help with recommended exercises. Teach parents to position the child to foster flexion rather than extension so that the child can more easily interact with the environment. For example, by bringing objects closer to the face. Consider the use of therapeutic massage and range of motion exercise to help strengthen muscles and promote flexibility. A study showed that children who received scheduled therapeutic massage and ROM exercises had less spasticity, stronger muscle strength, and greater range of motion, and higher function of ADLs. As the child grows, adaptive and assistive technology may be needed to promote mobility and communication. Assistive technology is any item, equipment, or product customized for use to promote the functional capabilities and independence of an individual with disabilities. Examples include computers, adaptive utensils, and customized wheelchairs. Refer patients to the appropriate resources for help obtaining adaptive devices. Encourage parents to bring in the child's adaptive appliances, such as braces, positioning devices for use during hospitalization. Promote growth and development. Remember that many children with CP have physical disabilities, but not necessarily intellectual disabilities. Use terminology appropriate for the child's developmental level. Help the child develop a positive self-image to ensure emotional health and social growth. Adaptive devices may be available to help the child with CP to communicate more independently. Children with a hearing impairment may need a referral to learn American Sign Language or other communication methods. Provide audio and visual activities for the child who is quadriplegic. Provide parent education. Teach parents about the disorder and arrange sessions to teach them about all of the child's special needs. Teach administration, desired effects, and side effects of medications prescribed for seizures. Make sure parents are aware of the need for dental care for children, especially those taking anticonvulsants and other medications that can impact oral health. Parents also may need suggestions for amending parenting strategies to promote the child's autonomy and abilities. Promote emotional support. Parents require emotional support to help them cope with the diagnosis. Listen to the parents' concerns and encourage them to express their feelings and ask questions. Explain what they can expect from future treatment. Refer parents to individual and family counseling if appropriate. Work with other healthcare professionals to help families adjust to this chronic disease.
Evaluation. Patients are evaluated based on their ability to meet goals identified in the plan of care, which may include the following. Patient's growth is appropriate for age. Patient meets developmental milestones appropriate for age. Patient's nutritional status is adequate for age and energy needs. Nursing care plan, a patient with cerebral palsy. Justine McBride is a two-year-old girl. Her mother was 41 when she delivered Justine and Justine's father was 45. Justine is the seventh child in the family. Her mother works as a chemist in a local laboratory and her father is an accountant for a large firm. Assessment, Justine's mother became concerned that Justine was not walking when she turned 14 months old. All of her other children were walking by 12 months of age. Diagnostic tests were performed and Justine was diagnosed with spastic CP. Examination of Justine demonstrates scissoring of the legs when prone, stiff movements of arms and legs, hyperreflexia, and muscular rigidity. Diagnoses. Mobility, physical, impaired, related to decreased muscle strength and control imbalanced nutrition less than body requirements, related to difficulty in chewing and swallowing and high metabolic needs, health management family ineffective related to excessive demands made on the family with child's complex care needs, planning. Goals for Justine's care include the following. Justine will reach maximum physical mobility and all developmental milestones. Justine will receive adequate visual sensory perceptual input to maximize developmental outcome. Justine will exhibit normal growth patterns for height, weight, and other physical parameters. Justine's family will successfully support all of its members. Justine will participate in activities to maximize development. Implementation. Recreation therapy. Purposeful use of recreation to promote relaxation and enhancement of social skills. Refer the family to an early intervention program. Encourage contact with other children through playgroups or early intervention programs. Investigate recreational programs for children with disabilities and share information with the parent. Family mobilization. Utilization of family strengths influence Justine's health in a positive direction. Allow chances for parents to verbalize the impact of CP on the family. Refer them to other parents and support groups. Explore community services for rehabilitation, respite care, child care, and other needs, and refer family as appropriate. During home and office visits, review Justine's achievements and praise the family for care provided. Teach the family skills needed to manage Justine's care, medication, administration, muscle stretching, physical rehabilitation, and seizure, seizure management. Teach case management techniques. Assess needs of siblings and involve them in Justine's care as appropriate. Review with parents the needs of all children in the family. Obtain adaptive handles for utensils and encourage self-feeding skills. Oh, sorry. Here we go. I'm going to back up. Ignore obtain. Nutrition management. 
assistance with or provision of a balanced dietary intake of foods and fluids. Monitor height and weight and plot on a growth grid. Perform hydration status assessment. Teach the family techniques to promote caloric and nutrient intake. Position Justine upright for feedings. Place foods far back in the mouth to overcome tongue thrust. Use soft and blended foods. Allow extra time for chewing and swallowing. Obtain adaptive handles for utensils and encourage self-feeding skills. Apply manual jaw control technique if it helps the child to control jaw movement. Perform frequent respiratory assessment. Teach the family to avoid aspiration pneumonia. Exercise, so new topic, exercise therapy and joint mobility. Use of active and passive body movement to maintain or restore joint flexibility. Perform development assessment and record age of achievement of milestones, such as reaching for objects and sitting. Plan activities to use gross and fine motor skills, such as holding a crayon or eating utensils, reaching for toys and rolling over. Allow time for the child to complete activities and perform range of motion exercises every four hours for the child who is unable to move body parts. Position the child to promote tendon stretching, such as foot plantar flexion instead of dorsiflexion, legs extended instead of flexed at knees and hips. Arrange for and encourage parents to keep appointments with physical or rehabilitation therapist or, and other members of the collaborative team. Evaluation. The patient's progress in meeting the goals of care is based on the following expected outcomes. Justine reaches maximum physical mobility and all developmental milestones. Justine shows normal growth patterns for height, weight, and other physical parameters. Justine demonstrates appropriate growth and developmental progress. The family successfully supports all of its members. Justine engages in activities to maximize development. Critical thinking. One, what support groups or professional organizations exist in your area that could help Justine's family cope with this diagnosis? Number two, why is involvement of the older siblings important? Number three, how would you assess Justine's cognitive ability? Is cognition always impacted by CP?